So as you've heard, my name is Scott, and I'm on the staff and leadership team here at the church. And before I get going on the preach, I just need to let you know that we're going to be baptizing people on April the 9th, Easter Sunday. One or two people are a little bit excited about that. <laughs> Baptisms are this outward expression of, of, of what's gone on inside. To say to people, look, this is who I am. I'm following Jesus. I am identifying with him as he has identified with me. And so if you're not yet baptized, if you've not yet been fully immersed in water, this is your next step if you're following Jesus. This is your next step. I'm not cutting, beating around the bush. You need to be baptized. You need to be fully immersed. And if you're not fully immersed and you are following Jesus and you've got some questions, we've got a, an evening coming up on the 26th of March. That's going to be led by Anthony Florides. He's going to take you through the biblical foundation for full immersion baptism. Uh, we can still have conversations after that, that's fine, but we're going to be baptizing April the 9th. So I need to hear from you. If you're not yet baptized, please either contact the church office or contact me and we'll get you lined up for that evening. Does that sound good? Yes. Baptism. We are baptizing people on April the 9th. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, so this morning we're going to be finishing our series in the book of Titus. Um, and I just want to start with a couple of stories, a couple of things just to help us think this through. So my wife B and I were there in, in February 2000 when we had our first meeting as a group looking to plant a, ch a new church here in Reading in a home in Whitley just round the corner from here. And over the last few decades, God has added many to us. We've seen people move on, that's for sure, but he's added many to us. I remember names of people who were there for a while and then went on to be part of other works, either in the town, in the nation, or in the nations. Likewise, over the years, we've had apostles and prophets come through the church and they've left a deposit with us. People like Terry Virgo. If you've been here a long time, you'll recognize the name Rob Rufus. We've had Julian Adams and Adrian Horner. We've had evangelists like Phil Moore or Paul Brown, and they've left their mark. David Devonish, who's coming in a few weeks' time, he's been like a father to us as a church, as has Ben Davis, who helped plant us right back in the early days. Now, I'm aware that as I look around the room, I've just rattled off a few names that many of you don't even recognize. You may have seen them on a book cover now and again, but you won't recognize their names. But they have had influence here in our church. They have helped us be who the people we are today. They've shaped us in some way. They've come, they've been grace gifts to us that we may hold to sound doctrine, hold into the deep truths of, of grace and salvation, the glorious work of Christ in his death, resurrection and ascension, the works of the Holy Spirit. They've, been, they've come through that we would grow in our faith and also in our good works. And this is essentially what this letter that Titus has written, uh, Paul has written to Titus is all about. And we've had these different ones come through with their contrib contributions. And they've enabled us to bring stability in this church, which has enabled us to be a church that sends and receives. I'm praying that as we finish our series in Titus through this final passage, that we will something, see something of why we do church as we do, why we have some of the values that drive us, and see how we continue to be a church that is representative of God's relational church, which is what I've entitled this morning's preach. So we're going to read together Titus 3, verses 12 to 15. Titus 3, verses 12 to 15. 
when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis. For I've decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful little book of Titus. I want to thank you for all that we've learned so far over the months. And I want to pray this morning that as I speak, that your spirit would be moving amongst us, just as he has during worship, that he would continue to move, that you'd do something in our hearts and our minds. Establish this word in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the first thing I want us to see from the passage this morning is that there's names. And names have already been mentioned from the stage this morning, haven't they? And there's, there's these names. God knows us by name. That is important to know. But there's names here. So the first thing we notice is that there are names. The names, I think, are interesting because they're all friends, co-workers of Paul. He knows them. He's endorsing them. But I think, the thing I think my, most interesting is that they're from all different backgrounds and from all around the region. I've got a bit of a map that's going to come up uh, just to show you where, where we think some, some of these people are from. So we've got Artemis. He's the first person on the list. Now his name could be the Greek or from Asia Minor. It's just a Turkic, which is where Turkey is now. So it's an Asia Minor name or it's a Greek name. There is church tradition that would say that he was the bishop of Lystra, which would have been in Asia Minor. So many think that's where he's from. But we can only take that from tradition. But Artemis' name is here in this list, only mentioned once in the Bible. Then we've got Tychicus. Now, Tychicus, on the other hand, again from Asia Minor, he's a regular confidant of Paul's. He turns up a few times in the letters. He's the one who takes the letters to both the church in Ephesus and the church in Colossae. He's from Asia Minor, as I've said. That's referenced in Acts 20, verse 4. He's known as an Asian. And he's part of the group traveling with Paul from Ephesus to Jerusalem to deliver a gift to them. So Tychicus is, is well, more well-known, and he's even more well-known to us as we read through our Bibles. Then Zenos, a lawyer, is mentioned. Now, Zenos is a Greek name, so Zenos is likely to be from Greece. And to be fair, friends, we know nothing more about him. This is the only time he is mentioned. And then we've got Apollos. Apollos is the traveling preacher that we first see in Acts 18. He's the only one that we know of is a Jew. He's from Alexandria in Egypt. So he's from North Africa. He's a contemporary of Paul, as we see in the letter to 1 Corinthians. So we've got Titus in Crete. We've got Zenos from Greece. We've got Tychicus and Artemis. We've got um, Apollos from Egypt. And even Paul himself, who is based in Antioch, which is in the corner over there where the earthquakes have been happening. Um, just between Syria and Asia Minor. We've got a spread of people here in this passage. Each name has a different story, a background, a place where they were born and have been brought up. But they've all come to know Paul and probably each other because of Jesus. 
They all trusted men in the early church movement. People trusted with people's money, for sure, but more than that, entrusted with sound doctrine to encourage, to correct, and build up the followers of Jesus wherever they find themselves. And what I want us to see here is that there's a real warmth as Paul writes this piece in this passage. I'll send either Artemis or Tychicus to you. You know, these dear brothers that you know about and you've heard of. They can come and, and they can relieve you, Titus, because I want you to come and join me for the winter up in, up in Nicopolis. Just to say, there was a, a church planted two years after in Nicopolis, which is probably because these guys had been up there having their winter there, which I take as like a holiday. Oh, and look out for Zenos and Apollos. They're, they're coming through at some point. Hey, make sure they get everything they need. Send them on. There's something of a, the relational nature about all of this. There's a warmth. Please receive them. Please send them. These are guys I know. I, I trust them. God's relational church is made up of all of us as diverse individuals, which is why diverse turns up on our values banner. And some of those individuals, for a time, may have a name that is recognized by others. And God will build these people together to encourage and build the body of Christ. Some of these will be known as apostles and others may not. Some may never be mentioned when we look back on church history. Others much more. But we are all called and we all get to play our part. Which is what was being said from the front this morning. You know, I know your name. You are called. As much as a Zenus or an Artemis who turn up once in the Bible are called. So those who have been sent to encourage us as I went through those list of names of Terry Virgo et al. They've, been, they've come and they've played their part in us being who we are today. Their teaching, their prophetic gift, their love, their prayers for us. They've been part of our journey. As have, ironically, these guys that we've seen behind. And all of this is through relationship. We've seen from this letter that it is important to build on sound doctrine. To make sure Jesus and his gospel is at the center. That's what we've had as a theme running through. But what we have seen throughout is that it's through relationship. The older women, the older men, young men. It's all been about relationships. This is further underscored here with these four names being mentioned. The kingdom does not advance purely on sound doctrine. It advances because of relationships. Our great triune God, who is in very nature relational, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, could have sent us new tablets of stone to usher in the new covenant. But he didn't. Jesus came and he lived amongst us. God in the flesh, incarnational, relational. There's so many reasons why he chose to do it that way. But one of those reasons is because of relationship. Yes, to show us the relationship that we can have with the Father and how that can work out. But also how we have relationship with one another. How to be gentle but strong. How to disagree but not counsel. How to ask questions rather than make assumptions. How to challenge and to love because we think they're different don't we he showed us what it was to be in relationship with each other and also with God and makes that relationship possible through his death on the cross 
through his resurrection from the grave and by his ascension and the outpouring of his spirit. He's the one that makes relationship possible with God. And many of our values, they're based on this relational reality. To have relationship takes being real. Trying to be open and honest as well as being aware of our own faults. It takes being accepting. Accepting that people are different to us. But also accepting that we are not the finished article. And accepting that we make mistakes. And accepting that the gospel says we should consider others better than ourselves. Or that we should love one another. That we should honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Because that's how relationship is worked out. When we think about courage or being courageous, this also is about relationships in church life. If someone has hurt us in church life, it takes courage to work out Matthew 18. Which says, go and tell that person that it hurt. That you feel sinned against. It takes courage to go up to someone and apologize, to say sorry, to acknowledge that you were wrong. That we were wrong. God's, relationship, God's relational church is built ultimately on relationships. Sean and I meet with other pastors and ministry leaders from our town each Wednesday morning. It's good to pray together. It's good to read the Bible together. But we're ultimately building and maintaining the strong relationships we have between us as church in this town. That's important. We as a church, we value relationship, which is why we're part of a network of churches, Catalyst, which is part of the New Frontiers family. And friends, this isn't purely based on a doctrinal agreement or statements of faith, but on friendships and relationships that have stood for 20 odd years for some of them. When we see these names and acknowledge the relationships that we can see, are in God's relational church, we also see there is fluidity. Fluidity. There is coming. There is going. It's not all static. There's people will be received and others will be sent. People will come and they will go, but there will be warmth. Here's a little uh, story of how God's relational church works. So back in 2010, 2011, something like that, Terry Virgo gets some contact from a young guy in Croatia. Terry knows, because of relationship, that another brother, David Devonish, is overseeing the work for New Frontiers in the east of Europe. So he contacts him, and he says, there's this young guy in Croatia. David Devonish, because of relationships, he knows that another brother, Martin Dunsford, has lots of contacts in the, on the ground in that region. So he knows he's the best person to maybe go and visit there and take some contacts with him. And, he takes, and, and Martin does. He goes and he takes our very own Sean Green and a guy called Ken Bothamy down the road from Bracknell. And they go and visit. From that visit, friends, we have seen a church planted. A vibrant local church built. Elders put in place. Seen two other churches planted out of them. They've now got a meaningful gospel partnership with churches in Zagreb, the capital, and in Pula, down in the south. Zdenko, who is the young pastor that was mentioned, he's been here and served us here twice, preaching and, and bringing faith for healing and believing God for that. 
And as a church, as a church, we now have meaningful relationships with brothers and sisters in Croatia who think of us dearly because ones and twos have gone and come. In fact, I'm going again on the 23rd of March. So please hold me in your prayers as we look to travel. James and I will be going together again to encourage the churches there again. See, names, relationships, fluidity, they're all part of God's relational church and how it works. Can we put up the, the slide, please, of our wonderful Beyonders? You see, we've got these great people here behind me that we affectionately call our Beyonders because they're working out the beyond piece of our purpose to be a growing Jesus-centered community, bringing the kingdom of God to Reading and beyond. When we started the church, Sean often spoke about our church being like an airport. For those of you, I've got a couple of nods in the room. There are still some of us from those days. Doors big enough for everyone to get through. Baggage baggage checking desks. A place for everyone to serve. Huge departure lounge with people from all nations and walks of life together. That's what we used to talk about back in the early days. And then a few years later, there was, we were at a prayer meeting and someone added to that picture about the runways. That now God was putting in the runways and there would be airplanes taking off and airplanes landing. And we'd have people coming and going. And a few years after that, we had another uh, a prophetic word about bees coming and going from flowers, bringing pollen and taking pollen, cross-pollinating. And we're seeing that now, friends. As I look around this morning, God has sent people from the nations to us. The UK, friends, has become your mission field. Right? It might have been work. It might have been study. It might even have been asylum or refuge that brought you to the nation. But this is now your mission field. You have been sent to the UK for a time such as this. To be a part of this local expression of God's church here on the earth for a time such as this. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. It's great to have you here. We're trusting God and believing for him to see great things through you. And at the same time, we're sending, even, even today, Andy McCulloch is in Greece. Cross-pollination. The bees are flying. The runways are in place. I wonder, just as these are up, And we've got a little time to do this. Can we just take a minute or so just to pray for these guys that are on the screen now? You know, pick one, pick two. Just pray prayers of blessing over them. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for these guys. Father, I want to thank you. Um, Father, I pray for our family box. Father, have your hand upon them. Father, I pray they would know you. Father, I pray, Lord, your, your spirit would rest upon them. Everything that we experience here, I pray they would know your peace, your love. I pray for, for relationships with family vets and family doctors. They will continue to be strong as they continue to mind the work and food together. I pray for Mark and Hannah Little. Father, I thank you for them. Thank you for the conversation we were able to have this week and the story we were able to tell there. Father, what a, gr- what a grace gift it is to have them sat out in Chad. We pray a blessing upon them. We love them. We ask, Lord, that you would move upon them. Come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, for loyally loving for years on the, on the mission field in Peru. Father, thank you for her. Thank you for your grace upon her for those moments. We love them, Lord. We love them, Lord. We love these dear ones who are all part of us as a church. What I love about these pictures is, for several of them, I could tell you a, a recent story about all of them because we are connected to them. 
They're not like people that sit on a mission field and we don't hear anything. You know, even within this last week, I could tell you a story of at least four or five. And that's just me. I know others in the room could tell you other stories because they're connected and very much part of us as a church. So in God's relational church, there is fluidity. It's supposed to be like that. Coming and going. And can I even bring this down to a really minute detail, a level of detail? Even in our local church setting, we come together each Sunday to be dispersed throughout the week. We come together to be refueled, recalibrated, recentered, and then we go to take the kingdom into our weeks wherever we may find ourselves. There is fluidity even on a smaller scale. It's supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to come to JMA and sit here all week. We're supposed to be in and out. Now then, all of this means that there needs to be churches that are being raised up to support in good works. This is what Paul says here. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. These churches, they need to be stable and bring stability. This is why Paul is writing to Titus and encouraging them as he is. Crete is a significant place. What Paul is seeing in his mind is we need to have a stable church on the island of Crete because it is strategic in where it is. It needs to be stable. There needs to be people that stay and have faith to stay and build and encourage and to send. The different individuals mentioned in here, in these verses, they're likely to have passed through or will pass through because Crete is strategic. Paul was looking for churches to be raised with the stability of an Antioch or a Jerusalem. Looking for them to be enduring churches. This is why enduring's on here, look. Enduring churches that can keep supporting the global mission. The good works spoken about in this passage, when you look at them, could well be within regard to generosity. Another one of our values. See that the servants of God passing through have everything they need, both when they're with you and as they go. But also, make sure that when urgent need arises, that you're able to meet those things as well. This is Paul saying, have you got a be ready account set up? I I didn't get the slide up, Sean, I'm sorry. (laughs) A be ready account set up. Do you remember Sean's been speaking about this? We've been speaking about this. An account where you maybe have put uh, your money you've received from the gas and electric company. If you're able to do that, so that you're ready to give as the need arises. Paul is calling for that here. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need. Be ready. Part of who we are. So Paul is encouraging in Crete, be stable, be ready to meet the need. All the time we talk about God's relational church, we must remember it takes stable, enduring men and women who make up local churches, who will not find themselves on a list in the historical records of Christianity in Reading or beyond but those who have lived out what it means to be Jesus followers, devoting themselves to good works and sound doctrine, bringing the kingdom of God wherever they may find themselves, people who are willing to do the long haul and be only 80% or even 60% happy with church life because they're mature enough to know that church life isn't about them. 
They are the ones who recognize it's not about what I take from church, but what I bring to my, with my contribution. How can I be part of the family? To know when to be cared for and to know when to do the caring. Friends, that's most of us in the room. That is most of us here. It may not sound as exciting as flying off to another part of the world. Going to visit those people who have flown off to the other part of the world. But boy, is it imperative. And boy, is that a calling as much as anything else is a calling. To stay and to build the stability that is needed. And we all get to take our place in that. Amen? The letter finishes with greetings. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Again, we see its relationship. All that are with me, we don't know who they were, but there was a warmth there. All that are with me, they're sending greetings to you. When I go uh, to Croatia in a few, couple of weeks' time, I'm going to say the church greets you. The church in the UK, the church in Reading, send their greetings. Now, not every one of you has had the opportunity to say, oh, could you just greet Stenko for me? But we as a church, we send our greetings because we relationally are behind all of this. Again, it's relational. Not all named, but warmth and love. It's that feeling of fluidity, but also stability. It's beautiful. And this is God's relational church. So that's the passage. But so what for us? Well, let's first keep thinking about how we can keep working out the one another's of the New Testament. And relationships are key. Keep working out what it is to be real and accepting and courageous with one another. As we try to work out our diversity that is increasingly growing amongst us. That we'll be quicker to listen than we would be to speak. That we'll be quicker to say sorry than we would be to take offense. Let's keep working on these things, forgiving one another. Forgiveness is at the center of who we are as, as people of God. It's what has brought us into the kingdom, is forgiveness for us. And therefore, we have so much more than we, we have. We get to forgive so much more. Bearing with each other. That's a big one. That, mean, that means accepting that people aren't like me, but I'm going to overlook offenses because they're different. Loving each other. I think we need to work on that as a church. Keep working on that as a church. But maybe we we'll want to get more involved with the fluidity part of all of this. One of the ways you can do that is you can sign up uh, to pray for our Beyonders. Or maybe you'd like to financially support the Beyonders in some way. To do that, we get in contact with Becky Clark, who's our deacon who oversees this area of church life or the church office, and we'll let you know how to do or get involved in those things. That's how you can start taking your place within the fluidity side of things. If you want to test the call for yourself, maybe it's a conversation uh, with some friends, or with other, uh, and as that continues, maybe then a pastor at the church, or maybe you could go along to the Unreached uh, conference that's going to be going on in June and July. 
uh, that Andy McCulloch will be hosting. That will be a good place to go and just start testing a call. Do you feel God's calling you elsewhere out of Reading to the nations? And as I was speaking to Andy this week, he just said, oh, maybe you could just mention my intern year as well that starts in September. Maybe if you feel there is a call, but you're not quite sure what that is, and you want to give a year to serve in the Unreached Network that Andy kind of heads up, there's an opportunity to do that as well. So a conversation with Andy, just to, to look at what is it to be part of this fluidity piece as we move forward as a church. Maybe for you, you know you're called to be part of the stability. Staying here in Reading in, can feel dull in comparison, but as I've said, it's imperative for the advance of the gospel. And what I'm going to say here, none of this is new, but these are ways that we continue to work out, and this is how we've managed to remain stable, get stuck into church life, serving, giving, life groups next term, these ones are about to finish this term, becoming a member, these things just help with the stability here at RFC, helps you feel part, helps us know who we're looking after, all of those things. Find ways for your good works to be expressed generously. Don't just wait for it all to happen to you, but actually go out there thinking, who can I help? Who needs help? How can I work this out? Get baptized, if you haven't already, April the 9th. already said that one for you. That's another way of that stability. Here I am, I'm following Jesus. I know who I am in Christ, and therefore I know who I am in this family. These are different ways that you can work that out here at RFC. And maybe today you need to turn and accept the invitation into relationship with God, the God of heaven. Maybe you've not yet following Jesus today. Maybe you've, you've come and you're belonging to this local church family. And, but today there's just been a tug on your heart. Oh, this Jesus is the one who came. He's the one that they talk about all the time here. He's the one that they follow. He's the one that I want to follow. If that's your story, if that's you this morning, as I call people up in a few moments' time, uh, to, be, to, to come and, and have prayer. I'd like you to come up as well. And when you have the person in front of you and they're ready to pray for you, just tell them, I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I want to explore what it is to give my life to Jesus. Whatever your terminology would be around that. Because today could be the day you become part of this, this family of God that we are part of. God's relational church. So to finish today and this series... I want us to have a time of meeting with God. Because ultimately, all of this is, is because we are in relationship with him. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has invited us as a corporate people up into his world. Into his fellowship, into his relationship. And we get to be part of that. And we get to encounter him in a real way. And I'm anticipating that this morning, that as we come forward, as we receive prayer, and maybe you'll come for prayer to be healed. Maybe you'll come for prayer because you want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe because you're thinking God's calling you to the nations. Maybe you'll come because you're having a difficult relational issue. Maybe you'll come because you just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. However you come, whatever you're coming for, know it's because you're in relationship with the God of heaven. That the Father looks upon you as a son or a daughter because his son, Jesus, paid the price for you on the cross. He has now sent his spirit that you may know him and be in relationship with him. Hallelujah. Amen. This is so beautiful. God's relational church based in God's himself, the triune relational God. So if the band can come, that'd be amazing. I just want you to take a moment. 
before we do anything else, just to speak to God. Before the music even starts, just to say to God, thank you that I'm in your kingdom. Thank you I'm in your family. Thank you I'm in relationship with you. Before you get to the ask, let's say thank you. Let's say thank you.